everybody. Get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on this snowy weekend in D.C. I did say it would never snow again, but it has proved me wrong. So Shocker. you want to say something, right? I do. Well, because of all this snow, everybody else... Uh, get some huge benefits here because Restaurant Week has been extended for an entire extra week. Now, normally during Restaurant Week, a lot of restaurants sort of play with that and extend anyway. But the Restaurant Association of Metropolitan uh, D.C. has made it official. So all the restaurants are offering their special menus for an extra week so you can all get in on all those deals. Okay, hit it. All right. Well, you know it's dry January, but if you're a cocktail aficionado, you don't have to suffer because you can still get great alcohol-free cocktails during the month if you want to stick with it. And for the rest of the year, Derek Brown, who is everybody's favorite cocktail expert, is with us. Uh, He's the event director of Mindful Drinking Fest, which comes up on the 26th. But he really is a—he was the bartender in town, the mixologist uh, that set the—really set the pace for everybody— but he's now a big proponent of alcohol-free drinks, cocktails, and we're going to hear all about it. We're going to taste all of them, too, mm-hmm. which will be great. Then we're going to have alcohol. Daniel Hatchett, <laughs> <laughs> Tipsy Scoop is here. It's an ice cream barler. That's barler, serving boozy ice cream scoops, shakes, and cocktails. It opens in D.C. in uh, winter of 2024, but it's such an interesting concept. We wanted to have her in. Uh, Laura Calderon is the chef and founder of Relish Catering. They've hosted large events at venues at like the White House and the National Building Museum. But, you know, even though entertainment season might be over in your head, it's really not over. And this is a great time to have a, an intimate gathering of friends at home. And Laura's in here to talk to us about Relish and her new executive chef to be revealed. Can't okay. wait. All right. So we have five kids and one of them, our baby Sam, who is now 35, of course, uh, he's healthy as a horse, but he was born at home with a nurse midwife. And I tell and, you this. Um, let me make that perfectly clear that that was wife number two, not wife number there's three. There's so many of them. Who birthed there's, the baby at home. They, they, that would not have been They pass away from exhaustion. Yes. I'm terribly sorry. Yes. But um, uh, Dr. Quinn is with us. He's the only U.S. male uh, midwife who's been a certified nurse midwife for almost three decades. Pretty impressive. He has a new book called Prenatal Possibilities. It's really a it's it's a health guide. For families expecting a child, and uh, I'm looking forward to that chat. And if you like infrared saunas and float therapy services. I love infrared saunas. Or if you don't know anything about them, you're going to want to hear from Liz Baker. She's the owner of DC's Pure Sweat and Float Studio in Georgetown. And that is a treat that is coming your way this year. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Can't wait. So, Derek. Hi, yes. Derek. How do you Hi, do, how Derek? Are you? <laughs> it's been a while. It was happy a long... dry January. Yeah, happy dry January. So, Derek, let's talk a little bit about your transition from owning like the Passenger and Columbia Room, and you know some really like well applauded, accoladed uh, bars in the city, and your change. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had to address the way that I drink because, mm-hmm. unfortunately. 
I and, and fortunately, too, I grew up in the restaurant and bar industry. I started when I was 16 years old working in bars and restaurants. Mm. And so this is where I learned to drink. And wonderful human beings, but not always the best teachers when it comes Role to, models yeah, for, when it comes to drinking. For a healthy lifestyle. And so I thought everything was perfectly normal until it wasn't for me, and I had to make a change. And a lot of that was around mental health, not just around drinking. Um, but but they I'm, do go hand in hand. Absolutely. And sure. There's a high correlation between alcohol use disorder and substance use disorder and other mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So certainly it's important if you feel you have to address that. That's uh, something entirely different than dry January, though. Right. But when I got to the point that I had to make a change, I was like, what am I going to do? Like real estate? I mean, I've been doing, as you said, I, I you know. Well, you're, I was, we didn't even mention like all the other things, like you're an author, you're a speaker. I mean, you've been prominent in the hospitality industry for years based on the on your expertise in exactly. a singular subject. So yeah. you didn't wake up and say, I'm going to be a dentist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I thought about it, but I realized it wasn't the right, that wasn't the right role for me. This is where I... Um, come from. This is what's important to me. And so I started having conversations about that with my partner and with other people. And I realized I didn't really have to change anything. Mm -hmm. In fact, what I had in terms of how I talk about cocktails, all I had to do is offer this other option, which is non-alcoholic and low alcohol cocktails. Mm -hmm. So really it's not, to me, it's not about changing course. It's about recognizing that there's more options than I was talking about. So Previously, I was talking about a great rye whiskey old-fashioned. Today, you're going to get a great non-alcoholic whiskey alternative Mm old-fashioned. Both of them are made with the same care. Both of them are made with the same quality ingredients. Mm. Okay. Well, before you pop that, Mm -hmm. tell us what you're going to be popping for us. So I'm going to start out with a celebratory sparkling wine. And Mm. so at Mindful Drinking Fest, we have lots of really great producers there. In fact, we're going to have 40-plus producers and 120 non-alcoholic products. That's the largest group of non-alcoholic products under any one roof. It's amazing. And I just want to tell people off the bat, because if you're like, when is this event? It's the 26th to the 28th. It's a two-day festival. Absolutely. Go to mindfuldrinkingfest.com and get tickets. But this is one of the producers. They're from New Zealand, mm-hmm. and they also produce alcohol uh, wines as well. So they're called Giesen. And they make a great Sauvignon Blanc, great Riesling. But this is their sparkling wine, and it's dealcoholized. In other words, they make it just like any other wine, mm-hmm. and then they remove the alcohol. Oh, I'm eager to try it. All right, great. Let's and do at that. At some point, maybe you can explain how they do that. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> I feel like that's a whole so, show. So speaking of alcohol, let's talk to Danielle Hatchett. But I uh, think – go ahead, pop oh, yeah, that Yeah, you can do it. First, yeah. yeah, then I'll pour it for right, you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so oh, here's the thing right. I think what Derek said is interesting is that, you know, he talked about – Non-alcohol, but also low ABV. And I have to assume with Danielle and your boozy ice cream that we're not talking about like, we're not going to get wasted or no, drunk of off not. of our ice cream. Let's right? make sure so people is... know <laughs> Danielle and uh, Danielle Hatchett of Tipsy Scoop. Yes. And what Tipsy Scoop is, ice cream with alcohol. Yep, yeah. Okay. Basically. So t- what's your background? Yeah. How do we get so, into it? So I, I am from Maryland. I'm from the PG County area. Mm-hmm. Um, I graduated with a event management degree. So I've always been in events. Um, I bartended a little bit and I never wanted to open a business. I never wanted to be a boss, which is really crazy now that I'm sitting here speaking about this. I have this. to be honest. I haven't even talked to you that much. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I think you were always a boss. I don't, yeah, that's great. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think uh-huh. I have that. Your demeanor. aunt is in the background. Yeah, She's like, oh, yeah. She's always been a boss. <laughs> is, that, right. is that a family tradition? <laughs> it might be. It might be. Okay. So it's really weird how um, 
after I worked at GW, George Washington University, I was an mm. event manager over there, and we did all their school of business events, their corporate events, their graduations, and things like that. I actually planned my own graduation at University of North Carolina, Greensboro. Mm-hmm. So I think something just switched in me, and then I found Tipsy Scoop on TikTok. And I was like, you know, I was still bartending at the time. I was like, I was in the process of creating a business plan, opening my own bar, but I was like, maybe the Tipsy Scoop model will be better mm-hmm. starting out um, because I have a, a, a model. You Something have, to follow. Right, I have a template. You so know are you what a mean? franchisee? Is yes. That, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay, so let's talk about the what Tipsy Scoop is. Let's talk about the founder mm-hmm. and what the concept is and how they're able to make these products. Because yes. I think there's a misconception about how, from a scientific standpoint, like how alcohol mm-hmm. freezes. Yeah. Right? So let's talk about a little bit about how that works. So pretty much so just background. So Melissa Tav, she's the one who opened it back in 2014. And mm-hmm. she started out doing just events. She had a cart. I don't know if you guys have seen, but we have an ice cream cart that you can literally push around. It holds a lot of gallons of ice cream. And mm-hmm. so she was just going from event to event. And this actually started from her family tradition. I believe her grandparents um, made ice cream a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And so she just started experimenting. And she was doing, I believe she was doing um, infused foods at first, and then she got into infused ice creams because it was already something that she was familiar with. Okay. And so I'm not, I don't do too much of the background of how the ice cream is actually made, but they actually have a farm in New York um, with 85 uh, cows, mm-hmm. and they milk them, and then once it's made, then they out, add the alcohol. So okay. it's added as like a, la- a last step. Okay. But as far as, like, how much alcohol is added and things like that, it's based off of the ice cream base. Like, mm-hmm. it's all measured out. Okay. So you can't really gauge, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Does the, does the milk in the ice cream, does it dilute the alcohol some? Is that How does it affect the alcohol? You know? She's like, I don't know that one. Yeah, I don't, because that's not, <laughs> that's not, my, right. that's she's not like, my area. She's like, I am scooping and right. I am right. serving. Well, let me ask right. you another Literally. question. If I eat a pint of your of mm-hmm. your ice cream, do I get a buzz and the sugar and all so that? So it's 5%. It's 5% alcohol, mm-hmm. and it's compared to a light beer. So depending on which ones, like I will say, if I eat the mango margarita on a empty stomach, mm-hmm. I feel it. Okay. okay. And I'm when I say feel it, please don't take it. You know, some people's feel it and other people's feel it may be different, but you'll feel like, okay, this actually tastes like a margarita. Mm. Like, I feel like I'm on a beach in Mexico, the Bahamas or something, Mm -hmm. and it tastes like it. So, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about some of the flavors. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to talk about the shop, what it's the barler, what it's going to look like, what it's going to feel like, and how how people will sort of experience things. Because I assume you're putting scoops in things. Like, I would like a scoop of that in my non-alcoholic. Champagne. I think that would be really <laughs> yummy. Trying to mix and match. <laughs> so yeah. So we have we have we have a wide variety. We do we don't just do ice creams. We also have sorbets. So today I have mango margarita that I brought, mm-hmm. and we actually have a custom DC flavor cherry blossom. Of course. Um, and which has vodka in it. Mm-hmm. So we have a mango sorbet. We have a raspberry limoncello. Um, we have a vanilla bean bourbon. We have a cake batter martini. Mm-hmm. Fun flavors. She definitely, Melissa tried to make her ice cream menu based off of cocktails that we already know. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So 
if you went to a bar, you would be able to see you. If you come to our barler, you would be able to see different cocktails that you would see at a restaurant. Okay. Much. And then what's the feel at the parlor? Like, so t- tell me what it looks yes. like. So it's not done yet. Mm-hmm. It's not done yet. We're in the process of construction, but should be opening very, very soon. So I definitely plan to incorporate a DC feel. So we'll have mm-hmm. a lot of um, artwork. We have a muralist that's coming in. That's going to be um, painting on the walls. You'll see, some DC tidbits in there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely going to be bright. It's going to be lively, like a barler. I mean, I don't know. Some ice creams, I feel like ice cream shots are supposed to be like bright. You know, you're right. eating ice cream. It's a nostalgic feel that you're supposed to be getting from mm-hmm. this. Um, it's going to be very cute. I can't really say too much because, I mean, you guys are going to see it soon. So. Right, of course. But yes, you're going to love it. Okay, we have to take a quick break. When we come back. Why don't you scoop some of that so everybody can get a little taste. And um, and then we'll talk about sort of like Sundays and things on the menu and what people will be having when they come in. This is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. Okay, so anybody who knows me knows that if it's sports, I will watch it on TV, except for cricket. I don't do cricket. But I love going <laughs> to watch my sports at Nick's Riverside Grill in Georgetown. It's fabulous. They've got 21 TV screens down there. Uh, they've got a great selection of beers. The food is terrific. They've got a dish called the Crazy Big Nachos that is exactly as described, and a Detroit-style deep-dish pizza that's just nuts. And there's nothing like watching a game, stuffing your face with a bunch of people that are enjoying it just like you are. Nick's Riverside Grill in Georgetown. If you love sports and you love fun food, go there. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis talking to Danielle Hatchett, who is the... Proud owner-to-be of Tipsy Scoop in D.C. And right now she's scooping, what are you scooping? Oh, mango margarita sorbet. Yes. Mm. We're going to get high. Okay. High, <laughs> high. Um, so, question. When I walk into Barler, obviously you've got all the ice creams. Can I get, is it a bar too? Can I get something to drink? Yeah, so we do have a beer and wine license. So we will have a fridge that will have beer and wine in them. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have the option. We do have Sundays and cocktails. Okay. So we have cocktails on there. They're not, you know, margaritas and um, Cosmos and stuff like that. Nothing mm-hmm. too, too strong. Mm-hmm. But we do have cocktails on there where we incorporate our ice cream and also um, beer and champagne and stuff like that as mm-hmm. well. Um, so you do have that opportunity to actually, I guess in a sense, intensify the mm-hmm. ice cream if you want to. Right. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. And um, when you came up with, like, the Sundays and things of that nature, um, was that stuff that come from the top, or are you allowed to play a little bit? Like, I think people, when they think about franchises, they don't really understand sort of the bylaws of how they participate in it. So yeah, how you much, have to march you know, how much step. of it is what they tell you to set up based on their mm-hmm. success rate versus like when you're like, well, I'm in DC, I know the market. Right. Here's what I think is going to fly here. How does that work? So there are certain things. Um, definitely we had more um, hands on uh, decision making when it comes to like the site location and stuff like that mm-hmm. because they're not familiar with the area. Sure. So that, yes, when it comes to the recipes and stuff like that, all of that is standard. We mm-hmm. don't really have much saying that right um because it's something that she's already created she's trademarked and things like so that. is it coming to you packaged or are you actually yes. making, yeah 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 well, that makes sense nope okay. nope so luckily um it's all dependent upon the area 
So if we wanted to do it somewhere like Atlanta, we would actually have to have an ice cream machine and we would have to make it in-house. Gotcha. Yeah, so it depends on the liquor laws. But luckily in D.C., we're able to get this shipped. So literally, that we don't need that much space. We mm-hmm. literally just have refrigerators full of the ice cream and we're just scooping and making the drinks and making the sundaes. Right. But so that's my question. I'm mm-hmm. th- thinking of the sundaes specific. Yeah. Like, do they say, do they give you recommendations for sundaes or are you like, no, I want to I mean, are they strict about own. portion control or right down to that or they say oh no i mean so there's there's recipes for each sunday that they've provided to us and Mm -hmm. they incorporate you know whatever the flavors are Mm -hmm. and they're named a certain thing based off of so there are some new york based names but i know they said that we were going to try to change some of our names to fit the dc feel sure but as far as changing anything about the recipes we don't have any no no nothing okay so you're gonna be in chinatown give the address even though we gotta wait a little to get you 675 i street northwest okay washington dc 20001 and where do we find you on insta well you can find tipsy scoot at tipsy scoot on instagram and Uh then you can find tipsy scoot dc on facebook at tipsy scoot Tipsy Scoop DC. Or you can follow me on Instagram. But you can't say that fast. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe so you shouldn't have too many scoops right, before you right, say right, Tipsy right. Scoop. I mean, I'm just saying. Right. Yeah. Okay. And me personally at Danielle Celeste underscore. All right, okay. Danielle. Thank you so much. Thank this you. is so exciting. Tipsy Scoop, the hell with it. All right. So, All right. Derek Brown. Yes. So, can we talk about the champagne you poured? Absolutely. Or yeah. sparkling, sorry. It's um really tasty. It's super dry. Yeah, very um, dry. I think for a lot of people, when they think of a non-alcoholic wine, they think it's going to be sweet. That's exactly why I pour this. I think for a lot of people, when they think non-alcoholic anything, it's sweet. It's syrupy. Mm-hmm. It's going to add sugar. It's going to have a lot of calories. Syrupy. That's exactly yeah. what I think. But it's ex- it's the exact opposite with this mm-hmm. sort of next generation of non-alcoholic products. I mean, especially Giesen is absolutely great mm-hmm. and dry and fresh, and it has all of those great qualities you want out of a sparkling wine. So mm-hmm. I think, and that's true of the non-alcoholic beers and that have come out in the last, let's say, five to ten years. Mm-hmm. You've seen a, a, a huge improvement. I mean, I don't know if you all ever tried the non-alcoholic beers. I from- drink Heineken's non-alcoholic beer is just like beer. It's delicious. He really likes yeah. it. 64 calories. Absolutely. And, and I mean, it. It's the only one, really, but it's better to me than the light beers. And Guinness. They have a uh, yeah. analog yeah, yeah. product, you yes. could call it. Mm. Um, and Sierra Nevada, which I brought today, we're going to try later, mm. has a IPA and a golden ale that is absolutely fantastic. All of those are going to be at the problem is I'm so fascinated. With those is distribution is finding them because a lot of places at the moment. they'll carry like the Heineken and nothing else. But see, he's wrong because at Whole Foods, at the Whole Foods in Rockville. Welcome to my marriage. Well, <laughs> have I ever been right? It would be better if you were once in a while. But um, at the Whole Foods in Rockville, they do not serve. They don't sell alcohol, but they have a whole section now of non-alcoholic beers. That's I, recent. They I only mean, had do, the Heineken for a while. I'm going to yes. play the same role as your couple therapist. I'm going to say you're both right. Okay. Uh, the truth is that in some cases. It, the distribution hasn't gotten out there, but we are seeing a, a larger distribution than we have in the past. Mm-hmm. So places like Whole Foods, Giant, I'm going to serve a, a pre-bottled cocktail. It's called a ready-to-drinker RTD cocktail mm-hmm. from Mocktail Club. And that's available in Giant, which is not where you'd expect non-alcoholic products. Right. But they have a large selection now that's growing, especially for dry January. But right. I'm, I think you're going to see it year-round. I'll but tell you I what, think one I, thing I, that's weird. Yes, go ahead. At Whole Foods, I went and I bought the Heineken. I bought a six-pack of the Heineken. And they asked for my – I got carded. <laughs> and I said, number one, I'm older than 
you know, your shoes. <laughs> and number two, there's no alcohol in there. I still have to card you, sir. So well, it's weird. They don't know. Well, I was going on the White Claw website the other day. White Claw is going to be at Mindful Drinking Fest, and they have a non-alcoholic seltzer, which is a mind bender for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty Isn't good. Isn't that just a LaCroix? <laughs> It's more complex than that, but okay. yeah, I do understand the, the reason for that. She means La Croix. La Croix. But, okay. <laughs> but when I went onto their website, I had to put in my age validation. Yeah, and I thought, so, okay, yeah, I mean, but it makes sense because that's one of the things that's also important about these. These aren't for kids. They are not for kids. Yeah, I was just going to say that's adults. very true. It's an adult drink. Exactly. Adult, sophisticated drink. You know? right. And so kids generally won't like them, um, first of all. But second of all, it really maybe isn't the right serve for them. That's very well, Nikki thinks insightful. I'm an adult. Yeah. <laughs> I think lots of things. Um, okay, so what are you pouring next? Okay, so the next thing I'm going to pour is from Mocktail Club, as I mentioned. That's a local producer, mm-hmm. and they have four different expressions, as far as I recall, um, ranging from kind of like light and crisp to richer. They have something called Manhattan Berry that I had during Thanksgiving mm-hmm. that I thought was one of my favorite pairings with a blueberry pie. But mm. – um, the Capri spritz that I'm serving is close to what you would call like a Venetian spritz or an Aperol spritz, right? Okay. It's that kind of slightly bitter. Tart. It does have a little yeah. bit of sugar to it, but it's not super sugary. It's very mm-hmm. well balanced. And so that's the next serve. That and that is non-alcohol. It's not low ABV, right? That's right. Non-alcoholic. And one quick qualification. Mm-hmm. Non-alcoholic in the legal terminology means point. Five percent alcohol. Okay. So 05 percent alcohol by volume, which I know is confusing to a lot of people, but it's about the same as banana, like a ripe banana or a hamburger bun. That those have that much alcohol in them, mm-hmm. surprisingly. And are the is that I don't want to get too granular, but now I am. Is that sugar alcohols? Is that what that alcohol is? It's ethanol. It's so ethanol. Ethanol, okay. exactly. Okay. So, but a good question. There's lots of different types of alcohol. This is ethanol, and so. Um, then you have something called alcohol-free, mm-hmm. which means it's 0.0, and there's no trace amount of alcohol in it. So this is especially impor- important if somebody is sober or they feel that they can't or, – or maybe they're religious and it's a piety thing. Mm-hmm. They don't want to consume any alcohol. So certainly the alcohol-free is a category for them. But for most people who are drinking non-alcoholic products, I think the statistic is around 90% of them also drink alcohol. So there's something that we call substitutors, meaning that they switch back and forth depending on the occasion, which makes I love sense. That. Right? I, I love that. All right, while you're pouring that. Wait, when we come back, let's talk about the Mindful Drinking Fest. Yes, let's of course, to we do will. That. Okay, we so now we're bringing on the guest with the coolest last name, Laura Calderon. It sounds like something out of Zorro. <laughs> Might be. I like it. But she's the chef and founder of Relish Catering, and I think one of the things we want to talk about is like how you transitioned from the big event season mm-hmm. to to when I guess in some people's heads it sort of falls off a cliff into January where you know we're all semi suicidal because there's nothing going on. So, I'm not semi suicidal. So um so I mean talk about your business. Tell give us kind of the four one one on you and your business first. Um, well, I am also a Maryland native. I grew up in the area. I was mm-hmm. just joking how I went to my senior prom dinner below at Clyde's. <laughs> so Where'd you was, go to high school? I went to Walter Johnson. Oh, high school. that's where our kids where went. Our kids went so. yeah. It's an amazing school. Good so, girl. And I, apparently it's so great here. I moved <coughs> back from the West Coast after I was there uh, training for a little bit. Um, so I've owned Relish for about eight years. Um, you know, I went. I have a degree in biology. I wanted to go to med school. And I was like, no, it's not for me. I love cooking. I love the science of food. I love bringing people together, meeting random folks like here. I get to meet so many amazing people, which I hope to partner with all you in the future at events. Mm-hmm. Um, 
We like and a little networking in studio. That's yeah. fun. I this like is the best that. thing to do on a Saturday morning, Smart, especially right. in the winter. I've, this is great. Right. Oh, um, it's good in the summer, too. Oh, yeah. I will put that on my calendar. You just say, partner <laughs> with me, or you'll never get out that door alive. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I started Relish after working for another large catering company in the D.C. area, and I just wanted to have a more boutique, hands-on approach, um, just really focus on the food and the relationships. And Well, your materials say you're a three-star green caterer. What does that mean? Oh, well, so good news is we're actually four-star now. So you're a four-star? Okay. Okay. So we right. just got promoted. You're a four-star green oh, yeah. caterer. What does that mean? So uh, we were really putting our environmental practices and sustainability at the forefront of our business. So we are part of Montgomery County's pilot program for uh, food service businesses and composting. So we, we were the first food establishment mm-hmm. in Montgomery County to sign up for that. Um, so we have, you know, tankless water heaters. We're just really trying to create sustainability and not just put, you know, put my money where my mouth is. Honestly, it's expensive right. investment. And for a small business, it's hard. And, you know, we were actually talking with us, my operations person yesterday about getting a, you know, hybrid or an electric vehicle. Um, as we expand, we need more things. And mm-hmm. I've got kids. Um and it's really important that we provide an environment that's better for our children than it is for ourselves. And right now, it's not looking so hot. Right. Uh, I mean, it is looking hot, no pun intended, but, you know. Um. <laughs> well, that's why I said. I, I didn't think we'd get snow again ever, but I know. it's a miracle. But so yeah. how hard is that in a small business? I mean, you're a woman-owned business. Yep. How hard is it to incorporate these sustainable practices and without being preachy, but yeah. to your clients, mm-hmm. explain why you're doing some of the things and, like, how does it wind up on the menu? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, food, right. I'm thinking yeah. food waste and reusing right. products. Like, I'm thinking of all the things that are important right now. Um, excellent question. So I'm full of them. We, I will answer She's all of your questions. I, I mean, we could talk yeah. for hours about yeah. this. So. <laughs> okay, full of something, right? <laughs> um, using as much local as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, part of, you know, 35 to 40% of food actually ends up in the waste. So right. we partner with Nourish Now. I'm on the board of directors for them. And mm. any excess food waste that hasn't been served to clients, we can donate to them and it goes to families in, in need in Montgomery County. Okay. Um, we try and make our own shrubs. So another non-alcoholic way to make uh-huh. delicious cocktails. So it's basically reusing fruit that maybe is not presentable for our guests, but we put vinegar and sugar on it, mix it with club soda or something like that and mm. fresh and cocktail, uh, preserving things. We're just really trying to eliminate, you know, Stuff going where it shouldn't. Um, right. You know, local, like I said, that's helping to provide for local farms, um, supporting our economy. I think the food tastes better personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just something that's nice about developing those relationships well, with people here. It's got to start somewhere. Yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So let's talk yeah. about the kind of food you are serving. Yeah. What I want to know is mm-hmm. how you develop your menus. What are you really passionate about serving right now? And what winds up on the table? Mm-hmm. This is David and Nikki Nellis, Booty and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis, speaking with Laura Calderon, who's the chef and founder of Relish Catering. So, so we were talking before the break about actually, I mean, you do all this great sustainable stuff, but let's talk about what's actually winding up on the plate. Right. Um, so I think right now, as, as with mocktails and, you know, non-alcoholic beverages, you're seeing a huge push for vegan and vegetarian Um I'm happy. I think gluten's coming back, which is a great thing because I love my carbs. But mm, um, Me too. You know, people are eating healthier, and a lot of be eating healthier is actually being sustainable as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, World Wildlife is one of our clients. They ask for really highly vegetarian menus, and they try and avoid animal proteins, 
um, you know, we try, we were trying to sell them. They're like, well, we want something on there. And I said, well, the most sustainable animal protein is actually snails. So you want that? And we're like, we probably couldn't sell that for 500 people. Okay. We, true. we, we try. Okay. <laughs> um, and, you know, in terms of men, menu creativity, I mean, this is the thing I love about restaurants and why, or sorry, catering, why I moved out of restaurants is that I can do whatever my clients want and they rely on us for our creativity. I have an incredible chef, an incredible team. Like there's so many amazing people that work from with us from all over the world. So we're bringing all these influences of our culture and our backgrounds and just curiosity. DC is a very diverse environment and, um, you know, playing with different foods and how can we create this for our clients to make it delicious, beautiful, and sustainable. Well, this sort of folds into, you have a new executive chef. Yes. And so talk about bringing in somebody to work for a chef, which is weird. Um, (laughs) And, and, and how you're sort of heading in that direction with, Your new hire. Um, yeah, so Altie Marate, I'm going to butcher her name, is amazing. I met her working at another catering company about 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I, when I started Relish, I said, I want you to work with me. Of course, money, financials, the cards weren't quite there yet. And over the summer, some things changed. And she's like, hey, I'm not working anymore. And I was like, you're coming to work with me. What do I need to do? Um, mm. She's amazing. And yeah, chefs working for chefs, we're, there's sometimes a little bit of a bad reputation, but... Um, I like to think I have a more modern day philosophy about teamwork and growing a business and that I'm only as good as every single person on my team. And part of that is having incredible talent. And she is incredibly talented. She comes from a fine dining background. She grew up in Ethiopia. Her dad was a diplomat. She's Mm. really just got an incredible diverse palette. And it's actually, it's more inspirational. I can talk to her about food. I can talk to her about ideas. And she's like, I got it. And we just play with each other and like go on these, you know, food tangents. And like, I can text her and she sends me pictures at like 11 o'clock at night on Instagram and whatever, you know, we just. Well, having a creative partner, Mm -hmm. um, I think helps keep your business fresh, right? Helps you Mm -hmm. and it better serves your clients. Mm -hmm. So let's just talk about, um, as we wrap up here, sort of. When somebody calls you in, yeah. do I call you in for a party of 10? Do I call you in for a party of 300? What are Her you? Her answer is yes. Yeah, yeah but I mean, <laughs> the, two, the yeah. execution of the, both of those are very different. Yeah. So what's the, how do you work with both of those, let's say? You know, so there's the ones that really help make my business grow and make us money and spread us. Mm-hmm. And then there's the ones that kind of attend to our creative needs and our desires. And so, yeah, a 10-person one is not necessarily, uh, you know, break the bank one, but, you know, there's a really fun, we can have intimate events. And this is what I really love about it is getting to know our clients and creating really fine-tuned and bespoke food and dishes for them mm-hmm. and then making it work on a large scale. We're going to do an event at the end of the month for 350. We do events of 2,500 in the spring, you know. Those aren't the ones that we do all the time, and it's not necessarily where my business is going to go, but, you know, we prefer to do whatever our, our guests want. And that's when mm-hmm. we end up with these larger ones. We built with a, a relationship up with this client. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, we've got this huge event. Can you do it? And I said, absolutely. I'll do whatever you want. Yeah. Right. Okay. So tell us quickly what you brought in. So I brought um, a vegan item. So we've mm-hmm. got a grapefruit tartare with ponzu, lime zest, and a cucumber cup. Beautiful. Um, which we're actually serving for the Chesapeake Bay Foundation in a few months um, mm-hmm. for their annual thing. I've got a key lime tartlet because we always need something sweet. And then I've got salmon riette. So this is part of utilizing all of the fish. You know, we've got some of the belly meat in there, which sure. is a little fat, and a potato cup. So everything's gluten-free except for the tart. you hired Liz Baker to serve. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 Right.
tell everybody, please, where they can find you um, online and where they can find you on Insta. Gorgeous. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So Relish Cater DC um, on Instagram and www.relishcateringdc.com on the internet. Okay. Great. Great. Thank Thanks you for having me. <laughs> so let's go back over to Derek. Derek, tell us about the event because I know that's a big thing for you coming up. Mindful Drinking Fest, which begins on Friday night, is three days of a celebration of mindful drinking and non-alcoholic products. So mm. we have a lot going on. For one, we have things like parties, like karaoke. We have a rave at Culture, which is uh, from Maria Bastash and Disco Mary. That's my partner in Mindful Drinking Fest and mm-hmm. Life. And we have uh, wellness classes. We have uh, gentle yoga during the day, and we have a forest bathing. Have you ever been forest bathing? What? It's <laughs> oh, forest? Forest bathing, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's basically I did a lot of drugs in college. Maybe I have, I don't remember. It's a, a Japanese thing where you go into the woods. It's like hiking, but you're a little more present for it. So we have that happening. Um so we also have the Grand Tasting Hall, which is where all those products are. There's 120 products that people get to try mm-hmm. and we'll have seminars on um mindful mixology, we'll have seminars on um uh, mindful drinking. We'll have basically everything. And there's going to be bartenders coming in throughout the world. So we have Camille Vidal from London, UK. Mm. We have Pamela Wisnitzer from uh, New York. We have Josh James from San Francisco and Bjorn Taylor from Austin, Texas. Okay, I'm going to put a pin in you there because you'll finish up and you yeah. can tell us Later more about Later you can tell us how an alcohol-free event affects a rave. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, just tell us quickly what you poured. So this is the Sierra Nevada Trail Pass Golden Ale. Mm. Good stuff. Cool. All right. Great. Thank you. All, All right. right. And now we are joined by Dr. Paul Quinn, but I'm going to call him Paul. He's Hi. one of the only U.S. male midwives and has been a certified nurse midwife for almost three decades. Has a new book out called Prenatal Possibilities. And, um, and it's recipes for a healthy pregnancy. Yeah. And, and we have five kids. So this is now we're done having kids. We are done. I'm we are not. Done. We I'm are not, done. I'm not. But she says no. So well, we're done. Well, he could always do it with somebody else. Yeah. He did it before. Next. He could do it, he could do Next. it again. Next. It's okay with me. So tell us, what made you become a, a midwife? All right. It, it, trust me, it's not the profession that most male nurses pick. Mm-hmm. And it's not, the, it's not the easiest road to go down. But I was fortunate that I was a hospital volunteer when I was in high school. And I worked in a nursery. So I'd see pregnant women roll in one door. And then there was the baby on the other side. So I was kind of intrigued by the whole birth process. So when I went into nursing school, I wanted to go into obstetrics, but I went to nursing school in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. So it was not a well environment for, for men to go into. So I had to kind of wait a little bit, but I eventually had an opportunity to parlay all my experience in critical care and emergency nursing into obstetrics, which is kind of like a mini ICU and a mini ER in and of itself. So it actually worked. And then my choice for advanced practice was to go into midwifery and to be a women's health nurse practitioner. So it's been a great ride and it's been a wonderful experience these past almost 30 years. Right. Well, so in that growth and experience, what was it that you saw sort of missing in the care of women while they were pregnant? Because there's a ton of books out there, but there's also, and there's apps and there's websites, but there's also a ton of misinformation, especially when it comes to nutrition and how to feed yourself and your family. 
Right. So I applaud my colleagues who have done like, especially a lot of registered dietitians who have the science behind them, who have their own websites and their own pages and Instagram sites and whatever, who offer the best information. But like you said, Nikki, there's so much out there that's just wrong. Mm -hmm. And anybody this day can post anything that they want. And usually it's from their own experience. So what I tried to do was demystify this a little bit, using my doctorate and my research background to kind of clear the muck and get rid of the mess and actually bring some of the science and some of the truth to what to what we're eating and stuff mm -hmm. and rely on my colleagues to inform me as best as we can and collaborate together to put forth the best information. But I think we've institutionalized birth a little bit too much and we're cookie cuttering most prenatal care. So you do this on 28 weeks, you do this test on 32 weeks and the, the visits are barely 10, 15 minutes for a prenatal check. Right. So we're kind of making it a factory there's a lot more pregnant women, but Welcome we're taking to managed care. Yeah, right. but I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I mean, listen, it's a long time ago that I gave birth, but that's how I felt when I was in there. I was kind of like, they. I think there's this uh, myth, and my my cousin is an obstetrician. My whole family's in medicine, but there's sort of this myth out there that like every birth is similar, and yours just went off the wires, or yours is different. Where. Every birth is different. There is no such thing as a textbook birth. Am I wrong? Right. And, now, and that's why I love the model of midwifery. You know, our, our mantra has always been listen to women. And mm. we are, and midwifery means with women. So we spend our time with women because each woman is individual. And mm. we want to make her experience wherever she takes it as we go and whatever she needs and whatever she wants. Well, the midwife is usually there. Let me ask, what are some of the sort of the major myths that you, you debunk? Especially like it, nutritionally and things of that nature. So what I have a feeling is a lot of women want to do the best thing they can for their baby. The minute they're pregnant, they want to do everything possible, which is fantastic. That's what mothers do. Mm -hmm. They just think the myth is that it's only for the pregnancy. You know, this whole, these lifestyle behaviors, the good eating, the healthy nutrition carries over past pregnancy. Mm -hmm. It's stuff you need to do for your children as they're toddlers, when they're school age, you and your partner can eat the same. You model and role model that healthy behavior that your kids are going to follow. You're preaching you know, to the congregation things. here, but mm -hmm. yes. But it's true. Like I learned how to cook because my relatives taught me how. So it's like those things are carried down through generations and they watch you. And I saw how people ate incorrectly, but, I, you know, they can see how you eat well. And they get introduced to food because you let them try it and you enjoy it. So they're not going to know what's healthy if they don't see you eating it. And then they, as they grow up and they become adults they learn those behaviors, which is why my book is titled Healthy Pregnancy and Beyond. I'm hoping that my recipes are easy, delicious, and nutritious, that you'll want to make them even after you're pregnant. Well, and that's what I thought was really interesting about uh, your writing and the book, that there was a lot of things in here that people may not think of as healthy and nutritious. I mean, you acknowledge that people have sweet tooths. So there's, mm -hmm. you know, quite a bit of, um, I'm going to call them desserts, but they're protein packed. They're sure, you know, they're mindful of sugar content, but they still are yummy and delicious offerings that somebody could have if they have a sweet tooth. Exactly. And I think what I tried to bring across was a lot of people surround the pregnant family. They want to help, mm -hmm. you know, your grandparents do your aunts and uncles, your coworkers, here's something you can do to help them out, bring them a dish. Right. You know, triple or quadruple the recipe so they have, you know, portions for later. It's a way you can help with food. You know, instead of bringing a gift, bring food, which is the best gift people can bring. Right. And bring good food. Right. Exactly. I'm totally exactly. with you on that. Um, What was one or two before we um have to wrap up? What was one or two of the recipes in here that you were like, I love this. I make this all the time. 
So given that it's the dead of winter and I absolutely hate winter, I am truly a summer person and I'm a, a summer birthday. We're talking so to two of them. Confetti, Join the club. Yes. My confetti shrimp tacos remind me of summer anytime. They're quick. They're easy. You don't break a sweat. It's one pan. They look beautiful. They're full of color. And there it is. It's like, it, it's the best. Excellent. And then right. more. actually breakfast. I love the protein bars. I love the strawberry bars because they're so easy. You're exhausted in the morning. You just cut a slice and you eat it and you got enough to get you through the morning so you can get to lunch or to your snack. Anybody can eat them. I love that. Last okay. question. No. Where do you stand on home births? Okay. That's a very that's just, question. Yes or no? It's a, yes, in the right circumstances. Okay. Okay. Fair My God. Okay. I want to know. Dr. Quinn, thank you so much for joining us. Tell us where we can find your book and where we can find you on Instagram. So my book is on every major bookseller, including Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, etc. You can find me on Instagram at Dr. Paul Quinn, or you can find me on Facebook as Paul Quinn. Excellent. Thank you, Dr. This thank is David you. and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All right. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. And this is going to be really interesting for you, whether you know anything about really what a sauna is and what it does for you or what flotation therapy is and what it does for you. You're about to find out. So talk a little bit about you and, and how all this came to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Pure Sweat and Float Studio is a uh, wellness studio specially, specializing in infrared sauna and float therapy. Um, I, as luck would have it, stumbled into one of the first locations in Nashville um, early 2018. Mm-hmm. And I kind of knew that I had walked into something special. These incredible um, new age, if you will, modalities in a beautiful modern setter- setting. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of couldn't believe what I was seeing. So, um, But what were you seeing? Like, what did the saunas look like? What did the flotation devices look like? Like, what were they looking like that you were like, oh, this is really cool? Well, like you, I absolutely love to sweat. Um, it's kind of a mantra. Like, how do right. I break a sweat once a day? It doesn't you matter. You see me at night like, sweat like crazy. <laughs> Any, anyway, I have it, drowning dreams. It's a, it's a walk, it's a workout, it's a sauna, it's a bath. Um, but how do I break a sweat? Uh, the saunas are a private sauna cabin. You go in um, by yourself or with someone else. Mm-hmm. They get heated up to about 150 degrees. Mm. Um, but it's infrared heat, which is a super comfortable, warm hug of dry heat. Um, it's quite different than a traditional sauna. All right, but right why, because it doesn't feel hot. Right. People know about saunas and what the Norwegians do and all that, but why is a sauna good for you? Oh, I mean, endless reasons. Um, Detox, uh, you know, I really started to get into sauna because both of my grandparents had Alzheimer's and dementia. um, And there's many studies that show um, the sauna is causing fresh oxygenated blood to get up into the brain um, and helps to kind of as a, it's a great preventative essentially. Um, and then great for detoxing um, inflammation, which is a health wrecker in many of us. Mm-hmm. Um, great for heart health, great calorie burn. It does okay. all the things. Okay, so then you also have these flotations. And then we have float. Float yes. is very near and dear to me. Um, it's Tell one me. of those things that I didn't think that I needed until I started using it. Um, and I absolutely adore it. A float is essentially 1,500 pounds of Epsom salt mm-hmm. or magnesium sulfate. Mm in 12 inches of water. So that's stepping in. It's only coming up to about your shins. Uh, You lay down on your back. Is it an enclosed? It is enclosed. We actually have um, what we call a float room. So if you can imagine, I call it a a walk-in closet, essentially. You open the door, but it's about six and a half feet long by almost seven feet tall. So you could dance in there if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. Um, You could have a non-alcoholic rave. You could, which we'll touch on. We we do have a a regular series that we do, Sober Sauna Nights, Mm. where we team up with a regular... 
you know, non-alcoholic brand or a mixologist mm-hmm. to come in and, you know, I love food and beverage as much as the next person, but I think life is about balance. Um, so that's a nice, fun activity to do. Mm-hmm. All right, okay, so, so wait, we so were the in the float. middle of the flotation. Well, that's device. what I was going to ask about <laughs> flotation because I've done it. Uh-huh. Um, what, talk about the water temperature. Yeah. No, it's pretty cool, actually. Um, it's very intentional. So the thing with float and with water temperature is that you want the entire environment to be devoid of any context, of any stimuli. So the water is the same temperature as your body. The room is essentially warm, almost the same temperature. And then all of that salt creates a completely weightless environment. So you float effortlessly on your back and you are essentially existing in the non-existent. Right, which I loved. My my only problem back the last time I did it was the temperature of the water, which mm-hmm. I found a little cold. little cold. Yeah. And I will say, when we say body temperature, I think it's smart for us as, um, you know, as operators to notch it up just a little bit because when you've got wet belly on top of right. exposed water, mm-hmm. you can get a little a and little chilled. What as a doer and having done a flotation before, it was an hour. That was way too long for yep. me. But I could do the meditative part for about ten minutes, maybe twelve tops. But then like what are you supposed to do? Yeah, I absolutely love this. First off, I think one thing that's made Pure Sweat and Float Studio so successful is that um, we offer sixty minute floats but we really thrive on a 40 minute float. It is okay. so much more approachable for someone that's coming in for their first time mm-hmm. to, to do 40 minutes versus doing 60 minutes or 90 minutes. If you're really experienced, that's great. We also do 25 minute floats, which is one of my favorite things. I think I'm the 25 minute girl. It's a girl. little nap, it's a, yeah. little lunch, a little lunch break. Mm-hmm. Is there um, music playing? Is there, what do you do? You, it is customizable. Um, so we've got tw- like these, um, twinkly lights on the ceilings that you can Mm -hmm. have on or off. You can have the light on or off in the pod, and you can also have the music on or off. We do um, program specific frequencies that you can help stimulate different brainwaves, maybe for stress or creativity. Um, But what I would say to you, Nikki, is you have done harder things in life than lay in warm water for over 10 minutes. And I think we really like to invite you to be curious about what's on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. If you just get through that 10 minutes, get through that 30 minutes, get through that 40 minutes, a really beautiful thing happens. Okay. Um, and we really feature I feel like a gauntlet of... has been thrown here. <laughs> well. it's, it is. It, it is a challenge, but it's a really healthy challenge. Now, do you um, advise people do both when they come? Like, do you... Do the the soak first and then hit the sauna? So we do offer both. We have a lot of clients that love to come do the sauna, sweat, detox, purge, open your pores, and then go in and do the float. Oh, okay. However, for someone that is, you know, really high energy um, or type A, I think that doing them separately maybe gets a little bit more um, bang for your buck as far Mm -hmm. as the experience goes. I will say, having done the float just once, my hair... Beautiful beach So beach amazing girls. afterwards. Oh, my God. Yeah, I absolutely. It's worth it just for that. Yeah, and I, I had hair when it. I got out. That was great. <laughs> right. I got, no, and, I, I, the, I love the float. And Nikki meditates every day. I learned how to meditate, and I, my, my brain won't shut down, so it's very hard for me to do that. But aside from the, the water temperature, I went to Nanazville. I loved it. Yeah, it's you amazing. Know. And I, I'd almost say if you can meditate for 10 minutes, I think that's almost harder than going into a float because at least when you go into a float, you remove yourself from the laundry, the dishes, the, the children, the distraction, the dogs, the dogs. Right. all of it. <laughs> exactly. Dogs. Um, we do feature three packs on the front end as a new client. Well, what's the cost? Tell us. 
Um, an intro three-pack is around $129 for mm-hmm. a three-pack of 40-minute floats. That first float, you're going to come in, you're going to you know, see what's happening. The second one, you're going to get a little bit more acclimated. And by your third float, you will truly drop into a really beautiful place okay. um, of mindfulness. Right. Cool. All right. Tell us where we can find it and when. Yeah. So we're going to be in the Georgetown neighborhood. It's uh, The address is 3345 Prospect Street Northwest. Um, you got to roll out of... Cafe Milano, right into and your... And just come on down, um, and we should be open here uh, around the 1st of March. Uh, five infrared saunas, full-spectrum infrared saunas, and one nice big float room that you can float by yourself or with a loved one. You should one. name it a, sh- a Schmitz a and a Schmitz. float. Okay. Well, it sounds great. We can't wait <laughs> to see so it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks yeah. so much. All right, Derek Brown, come back to the mic. Hello. Okay, so <laughs> I'm fascinated by all the programming that you're doing at the festival. What made you decide to do to add all that on top of just inviting people to taste all the products that are out there? Because I think the most important thing about drinking together, whether it's with alcohol or without alcohol, is being together and connecting with one another. So mm-hmm. ultimately, social wellness is something that is critically important to humans. In fact, if you were to look at almost like all of the indicators of longevity and wellness, being connected to a community and to each other is one of the most important things. Mm. So I think a lot of people, when they think about drinking less or not drinking, they think about giving up that community. And I don't know, sitting at home and sipping soda water. Well, they think about pejoratives, you know, their friends, eh, come on, you know. Right, or the peer pressure or whatever. And they feel ostracized, they feel otherized. In this case, we're creating a community where you can be together with like-minded people, connect with other people doing the same thing. And really, you know, be social and you know i don't want i don't want people to hide in their bedroom on dry january i want them to go out and have a great time and so that's a big part of it and that's why we have all these activities activations parties and it's all inclusive this is all inclusive a one ticket price so mm-hmm. you can buy the ticket and go to any or all of the how much is events. the ticket is 149 dollars for the full three That's a days? Lot for the full three days, That's yeah. Amazing. So I think it's a super deal. A lot of entertainment for $149. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Although I, I will say I also – I wanted to to put in there, I love floating. It's fantastic. Okay. And <laughs> it's it's such a great thing to do, and it helped me with chronic pain at one point in my life, and it's awesome. Anyway, right. back to Mindful Drinking Fest. Okay, so very quickly. <laughs> I just saw Liz pass a check. Okay, <laughs> walk out. What did you pour? information. Right. I promise you that. What did you – what are you um, – What'd you pour for us? So this is an old-fashioned made with Ritual uh, Whiskey Alternative. Mm-hmm. And so this is one of our sponsors. Um, they'll be there. And it's a little spicy. It's a little gingery. Uh, yes, it's it, good. This one's a little bit more richer than the other cocktails, which is an old-fashioned. That's what that's the way it's supposed to be. It's mm-hmm. good. Um, and It'll be good bubbly, too. Exactly, yeah. And so I think that this is an oppor- this is an example of how you can make a really great adult sophisticated cocktail and enjoy it at the end of the night. It can become a ritual to make it. And and I think that you're missing nothing in right. that sense, right? Excellent. All right, Derek, please tell everybody where they can find information on the festival and where they can find you on Instagram, please. So go to mindfuldrinkingfest.com to get your ticket. Mm-hmm. And if you're curious about more information about the festival and Instagram and that, there's Mindful Drinking Fest. Instagram, and then there's my personal Instagram, which is positive damage inc. Inc. Dot, oh, not dot com. It has an appersand at the beginning. Yes. Sorry. At. Okay. <laughs> Great. Say your thing. Let's wrap it up. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Well, uh, the world is a mess in lots of places, but I'm an optimist. And I think, cool. speaking of community, I'm kind Since of an optimist. When? Uh, today. Okay. <laughs> 
And I think uh, if we all get together, we can do a lot of help. So uh, don't forget the pain and suffering on both sides of the uh, war in the Middle East, the Palestinians and the Israelis. You can give to the Red Crescent. You can give to the Red Cross. There are refugees. There are all kinds of folks who need help. And let us not forget the Ukraine, where millions of refugees in and out of the country. Uh, and I say this to Congress, too. Let us not forget Ukraine. Okay. All right? So Thank you, honey. give your money. I don't care if it's a buck or a hundred bucks. Great. Thank you for that PSA. Okay. We want to thank all of our guests for coming in studio today. There is so much happening in the D.C. metro area. Everything you heard here today, you can find on the list, areyouonit.com. Of course, you can follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on all the platforms. And don't forget to check out YouTube because you can now watch Industry Night on there, too. Thanks again for joining us today. And everybody have a delicious week.